Welcome back to CJ Sports. Today is Monday, May 17th, and do we have a show for you? We're going to go over our favorites to wear number two, and we're going to do a little preview of the playoffs. Both NHL and NBA start their playoffs this week. NHL is already underway, but NBA is about to get going this week as well. So I'll pass it over to you, Jake, if you want to jump right into players who have worn the number two. Cool. So uh, going through this, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I didn't realize how many players I didn't know that wore the number two, besides some obvious people. Um, but I'll start with number five. I know I said before I'm not a huge basketball person, but names I know. Uh, this guy is definitely a guy I know and a good a good overall decent player, John Wall. John yeah. Wall yeah, with the Wizards for what like nine seasons. Um, now he's, you know, traded in the um, Westbrook trade to the Rockets, but just like a, a solid player, it gives you, gives you an average of 19 points a game. And he made, he's made the all-star team five or the all-star game five year, for five years in his career. He's probably near the end of it. I would say, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but he's decent. He's had some injuries the past few years that might hamper him going forward, but he is a really good player. Um, from what I know about basketball, he's a dude highly, pretty some some highly respected numbers and just overall good guy. Um, number four went with a little bit of a wild card pick, but I like his name. Um, and he he too is pretty solid. Uh, Kai Forbath. Kai Forbath. Okay. Do you know the name Kai Forbath Clay? Does it ring a bell? Forbath, Forbath, Forbath. Um, Can you give me the sport? Forbath. I feel like I've heard it. Has he played college ball within the last decade? Uh, no. No. I'm going to go with, based on the last name, Forbath, it feels like he should play football. But I'm gonna go with baseball. Okay, well, he is a football player. No, nah. <laughs> he's a he's a kicker. Uh, he's played on like six or seven different teams in the past decade or so. Um, but he's he was a he wore the number two for one, two, three, four, four, five different teams just recently. With he played with the Rams this past year. Um, Good kicker. Uh, he was on. He was on the Cowboys for half a season one year. When uh, at the year the, the years after Bailey, and we have yet to find a good replacement um, that isn't hurt all the time. Um, so good, good dude, good kicker. Um, he's he'll give you some solid yards out of a kick when whenever you really need it. Number three. Um, if there's any baseball stat nerds that are listening or watching this, you'll laugh and respect the name Jeff Mathis. Jeff Mathis is a meme because he is probably one of the worst offensive players playing right now, but he's a catcher. And he is one like a top 10 defensive catcher in terms of like all the stats you can look at. Um, you can. There's a YouTuber named Foolish Baseball that does 
videos over different players. And he did one over Jeff Mathis about like why such a bad offensive player is still in the game of baseball. And just like a journeyman, he, he's he can frame up that strike really well. He can like legit. He's, he's a vet. He's a vet. And like that pitchers will love throwing to him be just because he can communicate really well. And he's like a pitcher's best friend behind the plate. Um, he's a really, a really solid player. And it's like a meme. If he ever hits a home run, it's hilarious. We just hit like two or three this year, I think. So good for him. Um, More than I've <laughs> hit this year. <laughs> right. Uh, so my number two um, is Xander Bogarts shortstop for the Boston Red Sox his entire career on one team uh, he's made two all-star teams and has won three silver sluggers in his career and this year he's just like going off he's he's like leading the league like leading at least the AL and hits this year and bases so okay. it's, it's insane he's always like one of the one of uh, he's a top five top 10 shortstop in baseball and doesn't have doesn't show any signs of slowing down at all. Um, and he's he's just a monster, really. Like there's nothing really to say except he's he's legitimately one of the greatest playing it right now. Uh, so my number one, also a shortstop, played for more than number two for two teams with the Rockies and the Blue Jays. Um, several Silver Sluggers, Wanaco Glove. Several all-star teams. Troy Tulowitzki. No, the name does not ring the bell. Clay, come on, man. I failed you. Uh, I failed you. I am not. I'm not the baseball nerd that my grandpa would have loved me to be. Well, too bad. I'm a disappointment to my family. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you ever want to just go look at another like solid dude to play baseball, Troy Tulowitzki is like a guy that like broke the mold kind of one of the first guys to ever break the mold of like the Colorado Rockies curse of like course field was well, like the course field statistics that like all the Rockies players are bad outside of course field because of the course field effect of like thinner air and the belt ball traveling farther and the pitches doing weird things um but he like he left the Rockies in uh 2015 in a trade I believe and went to the Blue Jays and had two and a half solid years of the Blue Jays. Um, and then has since had a few games in 19 with the Yankees. Um, but since then, I think he retired. Um, but he was a really good player and a guy that, like just loved watching him play shortstop because he was, he was a great defensive shortstop and had some solid numbers in offense as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm sure my grandfather would be really disappointed that I don't know who that is. I mean, He's probably the only person to have attended every home Oklahoma State baseball game since like the year 1960. <laughs> so, you know, so, he's been to like every, you know, big eight, big 12 baseball tournament since the 90s. Dang. That's whenever they started playing it in the Oklahoma City ballpark. Yeah, that's that is legitimately impressive. All I got to give real quick, I got to give one mention. Otherwise, I know someone's going to yell at me. Derek Jeter, the greatest player to ever wear number two. Um, and he was on the Yankees for 20 years or whatever. Ooh, yeah, Yankees. The Yankees suck almost as much as the Astros. Um, but 
Derek Jeter, one of the greatest shortstops of all time, debatably, unfortunately. Uh, just a, a solid player. Like, he, he, he's, the, he's the obvious, and I couldn't put him on my list. Like I, Right, right. And I was, you know, since we didn't mention it at the beginning, I know there's a baseball guy out there having a stroke that he went through his whole list of five and never mentioned Jeter. So that's, that's what I was going to do is clear it up. Like, if there's a guy that, like, the moment we say athletes that wear this number, it pops into your head, we're not going to talk about that guy. That's too easy, right? Right. Like, in a couple of episodes, we're not going to talk about Brett Favre for five minutes because what other player do you think of if you don't live in Dallas when you see the number four, right? <laughs> like, and so, yeah, Derek Jeter is a great athlete. And, yeah, there's, you know, debates on things. But, you know, too easy to throw him in at number two. Right, exactly. So, all right, Clay, let's hear it. How about, how, how about that list? Number all right. So my first, I have a total of four. Um, I didn't really put them in any particular order. I've got two that are, like, in that gray area of almost too good to even mention. Okay. Um, and then I've got two that... One's just kind of a hometown guy, and one is just a really unique story to end his career. Uh, so we'll start with the two that are in that almost too good to be mentioned, and that's going to start with Kawhi Leonard. Um, got his first championship in the great state of Texas down to San Antonio, where yeah. number two. Um, then he goes up and takes the championship to Canada, and now I don't know what the Clippers are doing, but he's there. And he's probably the best athlete on that team. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Um, no Oklahoma one. City just beat them in the last game of the season. Uh, Oklahoma City, who's trying to lose games to rebuild the team, beat the Clippers. So, I don't know. Maybe they were resting up for the playoffs. I don't know. There you go. There you go. That's it. Who knows? <laughs> but um, him and then the other guy that's almost too good to even mention – is Matt Ryan. I think he's a real, like, undervalued guy in the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, and, an, you know, another like quarterback for him is, like, a Matthew Stafford, right? Just, like, at the wrong teams at the wrong time. Now, Matt Ryan has that one Super Bowl, right, that we all know and remember. Of, you know, what was it, 28-3 to 3 at one point? 28-3. And so, you know, you can sit here and say, well, that makes him not one of the greatest to wear number two, but come on. The dude's had a great career. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not the only one to blow it in the Super Bowl. I'm looking at you, Bills, four years in a row. Um, yeah. But yeah, Matt Ryan, he's a great athlete, man. Him and Julio Jones, dangerous. Oh, yeah. A great duo. One of the better quarterback and receiver duos to ever play on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. And so to round out these two, my last two here, again, no particular order. I think these are both unique in their own right. And um, one of them just has a certain special story for me. Um, but we'll start with Doug Flutie, um, which is an interesting pick because for the majority of his career, he wore the number seven. Yeah. Um, but he left the NFL played in the CFL for a couple of years, came back in 2005 and was signed by the New England Patriots as a backup quarterback, sat behind none other than Tom Brady, obviously, all season long. But I think what makes him such a cool number two is at 43 years old, quarterbacking as a backup behind Tom Brady, 
there's a game against Miami that the story he tells is he's standing on the sidelines next to Bill Belichick. And Belichick utters the statement, if we score, you're going in for the kick. Doug Flutie says almost as soon as he finishes that statement, they get in the end zone and he goes, are you serious? And Bill said, yeah, get out there. So apparently all season long, he's been messing around in practice, going over with the special teams guys, doing drop kicks and doing crazy, fun, weird stunts. And so Belichick gave him a chance there as a 43-year-old last season of his career, and he goes out there and drills a drop-kicked extra point in the year 2005. Um, it's the last time I know of that you had a drop-kick in the NFL. Yeah. And I just think that's a cool story. Oh, dude, yeah. And Doug Flutie is like, you know, if, if you're around football for a while and think of guys, Doug Flutie is a guy that, like, I feel is – you kind of love him and hate him at the same time just because he wasn't amazing, but like still had a really long career. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, so he makes in that kind of tied for the top spot because of the cool story. And my number one for me personally, there's a lot of personal bias here, but Mason Crosby kicker for the green Bay Packers. And there's a few reasons here. One is on the field, he's Green Bay Packers' all-time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never scored a touchdown. He's never scored a two-point conversion. All his points are extra points and field goals. But he's put more points on the board at the Green Bay Packers than even Aaron Rodgers. And he's only been a starter an extra, like, one-and-a-half seasons or something than Aaron Rodgers. That's impressive. Which is crazy. Yeah. So that kind of starts it off as a cool story, but I think what really brings it home for me personally, makes it a real personal story, is I remember in 2007, this would have been his rookie season, Mason Crosby's, Mm -hmm. um, would have been Brett Favre's last season as a Green Bay Packer. Mm -hmm. I went to a game of Green Bay versus Dallas, Tony Romo and Brett Favre dueling. Mm -hmm. They're in Dallas. This is the last season Dallas was in that old stadium. Yeah. I was really disappointed at that game because midway through Brett Favre gets hurt and I have to watch some Aaron Rodgers or whatever throw his first career touchdown. I don't I know. It's not bogus at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on national TV. It was a Thursday night game. And since Brett Favre left with an injury when they showed him leaving, my tickets were right above the visitor tunnel. So there's a crazy seventh grader in a Brett Favre jersey above the tunnel as Brett Favre's running off the field if you ever find that old clip. But after the game, my dad figured out where the tunnel was for the Green Bay players to get from the stadium to their bus. And so after lugging around for like five and a half hours, because we got there long before kickoff, I had this little helmet here that I wore when I was a child, right? Playing football in the backyard. And so I got Mason Crosby's autograph right there because he was a rookie. He was a kicker. He didn't have anything better to be doing. (laughs) <laughs> He's not hiding in the bus with all the star players. So Mason Crosby on my childhood Green Bay helmet by far takes it home for the sentimental value of players to wear number two. That's a cool story. Like, I, I mean, I can't beat that. That's like a <laughs> solid reason for a guy to be one of your favorite players for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's the whole off the field thing. I know, 
there's very few situations where I get into players off the field drama because like I don't give an F what Aaron Rodgers does in his dating life like I, or his family life. I just don't care. Like, whatever. Um, but if you look at kind of the story with Mason Crosby and his wife, Molly, um, she had uh, cancer that she was battling. Deanna Favre, Brett Favre's wife, was battling cancer. And Matthew Stafford's wife and her first name escapes me. They were all kind of in different phases going through cancer or tumors of some type. Matthew Stafford's wife was a tumor. And just the way those three women really created a bond um, across the sport of football and their husbands being important pieces at their teams and such was just really a cool off the field story for something completely unrelated to football, but still pretty interesting. And so it's been a pretty cool story to follow off the field for football players' lives, you know, yeah. and not only for some of them are they raising kids while for five months of the year, their husbands are traveling all over the U S but they're also dealing with some things that hopefully most of us don't have to deal with. Yeah, man, that would, hmm. Yeah. That's all. It's all really I say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, my, I like my own personal experiences and stuff like that, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's really cool. So those are our number twos. Um, next week we'll jump into number three and I'm already going to put Russell Wilson off the table for that. So anyone <laughs> hoping that we're going to talk about him next week, um, I guess get over it because <laughs> he's too good to talk about. <laughs> True. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about you. I still have nightmares of the fail Mary back in 2012, and I just don't want to revisit that. Hey, that's all right. I'm sure every other Seahawks player has nightmares of Marshawn Lynch and being at the one-yard line. So, you know, it's okay. Or two-yard line or three-yard line, whatever it is. They still have Beastquake, though. Man. Hey. We're speaking of, if you haven't watched season two of Peyton Places, I've only watched episode one, but it was Beastquake, and it was a fun episode. It's a good one. It is a good one, for sure. Those two personalities of Peyton Manning and Marshawn Lynch together, hanging out, was very interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they were ghost riding the whip, which... I was very uncultured as a child, so I didn't know what that song was, but my wife did. So, Ghost Wife Ride the Whip. Uh, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I don't got you. I don't have that one. So. Some hip-hop, I think, from the 90s. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'd believe it. I was um, exposed, though. So, those are number twos. Um, some other sports things are happening right now, though. So, like two, two of the top five, two of the major five sports, I guess you could say, starting playoffs or right about to start playoffs. Um, both basketball and playoffs. Talking about playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. playoffs. Oh, playoffs. Yes, talking about playoffs. Um, but NBA about to start theirs, I believe, next week. Um, and they're having that play-in tourney. Um, the play-in tournament might start like the 18th or 19th. Does that start? Does that start this weekend? Let me look. Okay. Well, the 18th would be tomorrow. Yes. 
but as you're as you're looking it up, I'll kind of talk about the the teams in that play attorney and the decision to keep the play attorney for this year. Um, interesting decision for sure, as you know, they did uh, the tournament in Disney World last year um, with the uh, with finishing the season out and doing all of that in the bubble. Uh, then this year, after a short break, decided with the short break and with uh, illnesses still happening and stuff like that and the world being in pandemic still and teams still going to be affected by it to still have a, a like a play in tournament style. Um, and I found the teams in that play in tournament very interesting. For sure. Like you have the Lakers against the Warriors. <laughs> In that playing tournament, Lakers, you know, won NBA Finals last year. Sure, they're not the same team this year, but like they still have a lot of those key guys that were on the team last year and just couldn't perform uh, as well. And, you know, LeBron got hurt. I understand that. And so did Anthony Davis. But like that can't be your team. And so <laughs> it just kind of shows that like, yeah, while they're so good team and did just enough to make the playoff tournament and the playing tournament, I, I don't know. That's going to be like a, a very good matchup to watch. Like, yeah. and, you know, Gold State is not the dynasty they were five years ago, but they're still, I still got Steph Curry that is lightning um, and some supporting players around them good enough to do something. So. Those are my, my thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, the playing tournament does start Tuesday the 18th. So when this goes live, that evening, people will begin to start watching the NBA play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. um, the official playoffs start Saturday. So that's, that's probably what you're thinking. Um, is the actual we care about this playoffs. <laughs> um, yes. So my thoughts on this whole play-in thing, here's – my problem with basketball as far as like playoffs is mainly the fact that so many teams got to be in the playoffs. Um, and they were at eight, right? Which put 16 total in the playoffs out of 30 teams in the whole league. Well, that's what, it, so always adding, what? That's what it always is. It's always top eight. I know that's, that's bothersome to me. Oh, I, I see. I thought you were like, I see. And so the play in tournament, adding another two teams because this matchup of the Lakers and Warriors in the play-in tournament this year is just going to encourage the NBA. They're going to look at the viewership they get for that. Yep. And regardless of what these other games do, which they're going to benefit from some of them being relatively large markets, like even though the Boston Celtics aren't what they were in the early 2000s, they're in the Northeast. They're right. in New big, England. Big like they've too. got a market. And same with, you know, that idea of San Antonio, like they've mm -hmm. got a decent mark. What else does San Antonio have to do with professional sports? Literally. Nothing. Yeah. That, that's it. That is their professional sports. And so, you know, maybe the Pacers Charlotte game has poor viewership compared to the other three, but especially the Lakers golden state, they're going to look at that viewership and we're about to see the NBA almost permanently add this play in tournament and have 10 teams in the playoffs, which means a third of your teams make the playoffs. Yeah. And that, the, no, 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 not a third 20 because 10 from each side. Right. Oh. So two thirds of your teams are going to make playoffs. Yeah. I already was frustrated with the NFL 
going to seven teams in the playoffs. Right. Because seven on each side, total of 14. Like, we're not to half yet, but, but we're getting but close. It is half. But it is half. Like, you can't have exactly yeah. half. So, right. it's basically half. Whereas here, we're sitting here with eight teams who are already over half. Eight on each side is 16 out of 30. Right. And now we're looking at ending up probably, my guess is long-term, going to 20 out of 30 teams make playoffs. Mm -hmm. Which just, I mean, why? Money. Why? Money. That's that's literally the answer is money. Because the same thing, they're having the same discussion in MLB right now. The owners are wanting to extend the playoffs to more teams and the players keep saying no because the way they're suggesting it is would basically be exactly what the NBA is doing. More than more than 50%, more than half of the teams would play, get into the playoffs and have like, you know, a one game wildcard round or something like that. But still it's, it's dumb. Like you, you can have teams that are, have a losing record and be technically in the playoffs. Like it's, it's ridiculous. No, I think there, there is teams. Yeah. The Washington Wizards are 34 and 38. The Charlotte Hornets are 33 and 39. The Pacers are 34 and 38. Boston Celtics are exactly 500. And the San Antonio Spurs are 33 and 39. Like those are your bonded teams that you led into the playoffs this year because of like if you didn't have the play in tournament, you would have missed out. There still would have been one losing record. The Washington Wizards still would have had the eight seed. Mm-hmm. And your Memphis Grizzlies on the West would have missed out on the playoffs at 38 and 34. Okay. So that would have been your best team not in the playoffs. And still your worst team in the playoffs was 34 and 38. Right. Like, oh, man. why? Well, we're, we're living in an interesting time for sports right now. <laughs> It was, I mean, it was one thing when Seattle literally won their division at seven and nine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they still won their division. I'm right. okay with that. Right. They all beat each, beat each other up because they were all good, basically. Well, they were all subpar good. <laughs> they were all decent. They were all decent teams and just beat each other up. Yeah. And Seattle still should have lost that game to Saint, the Saints by like 14, 21 points, mm-hmm. but whatever. Right. But, it's hard. It's hard to defend your Super Bowl championship, I guess. True. Eh, true, but they won, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think NBA playoffs are going to be interesting. Um, LeBron James has already put out his cop out injury slash. I hate the play in tournament. I always have an excuse built up before we actually get there. Mm. Um, so yeah, which apparently I don't know if you saw the news this week, but Tom Brady's taken the same gameplay that LeBron James has had in that route of his I played through a serious what was it knee injury all season and had a pretty serious surgery this offseason yeah sounds Uh, like we're afraid we can't run it back this year so we're building up an excuse already yeah well that'd be all right with me I think everyone would be okay with that I think (laughs) be okay with that um Um, yeah so that feels like it for the NBA I don't know if you got any anything else to add on the NBA no, that's pretty much it. Just some good matchups overall, but like it's ridiculous that we are expanding like this, and that it will. The owners are going to use it as an excuse to like make it permanent. So, yeah, I don't know, but uh, 
moving to hockey. Hockey. So we have already started the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. Um, the Penguins are already down 0-1. <laughs> um, they were a part of, it was either the first three or first four playoff games for the Stanley Cup playoffs went into overtime, um, which yeah. just I think is pretty cool because like the Islanders-Penguins game, you had the number two offense in the league, mm-hmm. the Penguins, against the number two defense in the league, the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're getting these really good matchups. Yeah. I think it's good for the league. I think games going to overtime or kind of getting a last 10-minute goal to win the game type of thing is really yeah. good for the league mm-hmm. and is really interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think hockey is very much an underappreciated sport in our country. Um, just because it's not, it's different. It's different. It has a different style. It's well, man, I watched Miracle on Ice twenty four times because I'm American, bro. Good for you. Um, that's not real hockey. That's a movie. Um, okay, so literally, no guys, no, no lie. This is the third time my internet has disconnected. <laughs> this is the third time of starting from the Miracle on Ice. So me trying to say, okay, bro. Um, but so, you know, okay, bro. Okay, bro. Miracle on Ice. Ha ha ha. So funny. Uh, yeah, and I love it. You know, it's a movie because I've seen I Tanya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like saying, "Oh, I've watched uh, Inside Out." There's hockey in that. Sure. <laughs> um, but My nah, <laughs> so with with the NHL playoffs, like I'm excited for it, but at the same time. As a Dallas fan, it's been really rough to watch hockey this year just because, like, Dallas has been in games every – seems like every game they've either got blown out or it's been a close game. Um, And every time it was a close game, it was a tie, like, half the time, and then they would lose in overtime. So, uh, and, you know, from a team that was kind of a surprise team to be in the Stanley Cup Finals last year – to and you know went to six games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's like looking at kind of like a dynasty at the moment. Um, and to this year, just not even make it. I went down to the wire. They were like three games, but the last within the last three games of the season, they were still still technically in it, um, and then just couldn't make it happen. Um, so many chances to like go over the hump and like be in the playoffs and secure themselves. And they just never took the advantage. Um, So while I'm excited for hockey and like the fact that three games went into overtime in the, in the, in the first game of the playoffs for three different, um, three different games, it's like, I'll probably watch a few games of the Stanley cup finals, but uh, honestly, I've lost interest in hockey. You'll tune in when somebody has two wins in the Stanley cup finals. (laughs) Exactly. Real. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On on this t- topic, just real quick, you know, as a as a Penguins fan, right now, I've been watching hockey for 15 years, which means every season that I've been a hockey fan, the Penguins have been in the playoffs. Yep. But the frustrating thing comes when you're sitting there. First of all, I don't know who made the schedule, but the fact that I ate brunch and lunch during the same hockey game on Sunday, that's a problem. Like, let's let's push that back a little bit. I don't need to start my hockey day so early in the morning. But I also get Penns Islanders, like, you know, it's all East Coast people, so you can start early. I right. Guess. 
still. Um, but yeah, we've, we've just kind of had a frustrating since we won the 2009 cup and then came back 16, 17 goalie has been our toughest spot. And if you watch just the goals from mm. game one, mm. um, the four goals given up by our goalie, three of them should have been routine plays. And look, I get it. You can watch all of the shots on goal. He made a lot of amazing saves. But it just feels like the ones that he missed are the ones that an NHL-level goalie should have on lock. And that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't blame him. There's more than just him on the ice, right? There's some right. defenders who missed some things. There's turnovers on the you know, defensive end as you're trying to get back um, up the ice and everything. But ah, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. And then to see Flower out there at Las Vegas being one of the best goalies right now, putting up some great numbers, and we just let him go in the expansion, mm-hmm. um, which just makes me, you know, what are we going to do with Seattle coming up? Are we just going to leave Sidney Crosby out there unprotected? <laughs> I mean, obviously not, but like that's right. the nerves that you get built up with that. Right. Um, but yeah, hockey playoffs are here. Pins might be down 0-1, but hopefully when I'm talking to you next week, we're talking about what does round two look like for the Penguins. <laughs> well, we will see for sure. Um, <laughs> I guess that uh, wraps up this week's episode. Uh, next week, like Clay said, we'll move on to number threes. Russell Wilson is off limits. Um, maybe we talk about some stuff happening in the NFL right now. Uh, it's probably yeah. not Aaron Rodgers retiring, I hope. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. Just the, yeah. the dynamics of teams with 17 game schedules and stuff like that will be very interesting. Uh, yep. So until next time, guys, we will see ya. See ya.